Welcome to the Unplugged Podcast with Debo Zarco, episode number 13. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unplugged Podcast, where we unplug from status quo and shift the paradigm from head to heart by co-creating a more passionate, compassionate, loving, and interconnected world. And through in-depth interviews with athletes and activists, authors, yogis, spiritual leaders, and everyday paradigm busters, we journey into the infinite depths of the human heart to remember through the power of story, who we all are at the core of our beings. And I am your status quo, stomping, crushing host, Debo Zarco, inviting you to join me for yet another week of amazing wisdom and inspiration. And if this is your first time here, if you're interested in learning more about my mission, you can connect with me at my cyber home at debozarco.com. Even, even if this isn't your f- first time listening, head on over there anyways, because you know, like you just might be missing some great stuff and I don't want you to miss anything. So when you get there, you can sign up for weekly updates and information that I send out each week to the fabulous folks on my list. So come on in and join the community and don't be shy. Now I know you're probably bombarded with lots of email, but my promise to you is simply to inspire and also to keep gently nudging you towards the greatness that already lives inside your heart. That, you know, that greatness that has been patiently waiting to be fully expressed with fearless authenticity. And on that note, I just want to, um, I want to, uh, I want to mention a great Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that states, To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And just one more amazing quote to remind you to always be true to yourself. And this one comes from American writer and feminist Rita Mae Brown. And she says, and I love this one, I think the reward for conformity is that everyone likes you except yourself. Uh, yeah, nothing to add there. (laughs) So with that, it is definitely time to break free from the, the fearful nonsense of today's cultural paradigm in order to live a fully awakened and inspired presence that shifts us out of the current mess and into the world that has always been our birthright. And it has been all along. It's time to leave all of the ludicrous, hand-me-down, archaic belief systems behind so that they're only to be found in the museums and history books of a culture that once lost its way. So listen, folks, it is time to unite through the the creativity and power of love in our hearts. (laughs) Now, where did that come from? Sometimes I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth when I'm in the groove. But the bottom line, though, is that everything that comes out of just comes out of pure love, as well as an unshakable belief that we can, all of us, collectively, simply by living our purpose, loving our core, and living the authentically congruent life that we were meant to live with unwavering integrity, 
we can all transform this world. The reality is that nobody is coming to save us. Except for that person reflected in the mirror every single time you brush your teeth in the morning. So that means that you are the change that you wish to see in the world. Whether you know it yet or not, you're it. So it's time to, to, to step up to the plate and just like uh, hit it out of the park. Play as big as possible because you only get one shot at this lifetime and the world needs you now. Okay? Got it? <laughs> this is like my uh, virtual face slapping exercise. Well, not really. I don't slap faces, but I really believe in every single human being. I see the light in every single one of us. And I know that we can all play bigger, that we all have it within us to play bigger, be bigger, and to do more, especially to shift us out of this paradigm. Okay? So come on, step up to the plate, hit it out of the park. So on that note, speaking of playing big, I've actually been feeling, personally, I've been feeling a a very strong inner pull to step it up myself. And I'm super excited to share that I'm currently in the midst, in the midst of a, a really big website redesign that I'm hoping to launch no later than mid-March. So it's very exciting time for me as well. And um, I also want to share that I'm really thrilled and absolutely honored to, uh, to mention that this podcast has made it to the top of the iTunes new and noteworthy health section, which means that there are many others out there like you and I who also want to see a better world. (laughs) We're not alone, folks. Not that I ever thought that we were. However, I will admit that sometimes I feel like I'm just blathering on myself when I hit record and speak into the mic in my little office in coastal BC. So I'm deeply humbled and also extremely excited to know that more and more people are finding and listening to the messages and stories that I'm that I'm simply facilitating through this podcast. So please keep on spreading the word about this show far and wide. And well, what the heck? It's time to ask for a little help from you. So I'd be really grateful if you take a few moments out of your day to rate and review this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And this just helps keep the ratings nice and high so that the podcast continues to be heard by the masses. We can do this, folks. We can transform the world. Once we realize how easy it is and that all it takes is plugging into our hearts 24-7, the work is done. It's really that easy. And the great part is that we can all do it with ease when we simply make that choice. And it's our core state. So it really means that we're simply returning home to our true essence So, like, who said that saving the world needs to be hard? Once people break free from the spiritual amnesia that has kind of taken over the the collective consciousness, poof, a new paradigm. The shift is complete. So I invite you to just continue listening to the stories of others, continue to be inspired, continue to honor the creative force within yourself, Continue to connect to your own pure essence. And most importantly, continue being the change that you wish to see in the world. Just be you. 
And now it's time to just kind of ease my way into today's absolutely amazing podcast interview. And today seems to be uh, inspiring quote day. So I'm going to start today's interviewee introduction with a quote by Winston Churchill that states, I am fond of pigs. Dogs look up to us. Cats look down on us. Pigs treat us as equals. Those are the wise words of Winston Churchill. Now, why a quote from Winston Churchill about pigs? Well, today's special guests, Steve Jenkins and Derek Walter, are two regular guys, and I say regular with quotation marks around it, whose lives were completely transformed by a pig. Their story began when they unexpectedly adopted what was supposed to be a micro pig from someone who no longer longer wanted her. Now, I actually don't understand why people have created micro pigs in the first place when we can't even properly care for dogs and cats, as is shown by the exorbitant rate of euthanasia in today's shelter environments. Just makes me shake my head. Anyway, regardless, some people obviously felt the need to have special breed pigs as pets, and this is how the story of Facebook sensation Esther the Wonder Pig was born. Steve and Derek call their story a happy accident. When Esther came into their lives, it was by pure fate. And I'm actually not going to say much more than that because I want you to hear the story as they tell it themselves. But I will tell you this though. Esther was misrepresented by the person who didn't want her. And Esther's dads thought they were adopting a micro pig. But instead, they adopted what today's dissociated culture calls bacon. Now, just before the holiday season, Steve and Derek created a Facebook page for Esther with the intention of it being uh, just for their friends and family. They had absolutely no idea that it would totally explode in popularity. And I was first exposed to the Esther phenomenon by my partner when the boys posted a beautiful, heartfelt YouTube video after they had reached 10,000 Facebook likes. The video actually moved me to tears and I knew right then and there that I had to have them on this show. When I first contacted them, it was just before Christmas. And as I mentioned, right after their beautiful 10,000 likes video, as of this recording, they have since reached almost 35,000 likes, which I'm sure they will have surpassed by the time I release this. The Facebook page that they created shows life through the eyes of Esther. It shows the beauty of her essence and how she coexists so beautifully with their household of dogs and cats. It also shows how goofy, stubborn, and playful, and absolutely loving she is too. And it also shows the deep love she has for her dads, as well as the deep love they have for her. Esther has become an ambassador for all of the voiceless animals, needlessly slaughtered for human greed. She is the face and personality of what many people in today's culture fear. Truth. Steve and Derek both experienced massive life transformations when they said yes to bringing Esther into their lives. And they, in turn, have become the very unlikely agents of change for a compassionate movement they could have never, ever predicted. 
And the momentum is growing at an accelerated pace every single day. So I feel deeply honored to have caught them at the beginning of this wave so that, the co that collectively we can all help it grow to exponential proportions. Now I want to mention, um, I just noticed in my inbox today a recent article uh, in the Mother Nature Network uh, news. And the article um, quotes Steve as saying, we want people to make the connection between Esther and the millions of pigs exactly like her who weren't so lucky. To show that given the chance, these animals grow to become the most amazing and compassionate animals you'll ever meet. I look into her eyes and I see someone looking straight back. Someone who knows and loves me just as we do her. Steve and Derek have also been receiving countless private and public Facebook messages with incredible stories of change. And it's all from connecting with the true nature of Esther, the pig who was given a voice by two totally incredible human beings. As I mentioned, I feel deeply honored. I feel inspired and absolutely thrilled to bring you this very special interview with two beautiful men who exemplify the raw transformative power of living and connecting from and to the heart. So enjoy yet another week of amazing inspiration and life-altering transformation from the chance meeting with a pig. Thank you so much, Stephen Derek, for being on this show today because you guys have created something really amazing. And um, we were talking a little bit beforehand. And when I first contacted you, you had just put out a video, a 10,000 likes video that was really, really moving. And it was actually that that inspired me to contact you because um, you, you were so authentic. You were so honest and you were so raw in that video and your emotion, uh, it touched me. It just tapped right into my own emotion as well. So I knew that I needed to contact you, you guys, because I know that I knew that this was going to get big. I knew it. And seeing what it's become since then, like, I mean, when was that 10,000 likes video put out? Just before Christmas? Uh, yeah, yeah, three weeks ago. Just before Christmas. Yeah. And are you at 30,000 now? Like almost 30,000? I think we're just a couple hundred shy. That's yeah, amazing. just a couple hundred shy. So we'll probably be at 30,000 by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So, but you guys have created, it's obvious you've created a, a compassionate movement with this online sensation now known as Esther, the wonder pig. And <laughs> you know, your ongoing Facebook updates that show life with an animal that's normally commoditized for nothing more than food has touched so, so many people. And, um, you know, I've been looking at the comments that people are, are, writing as well and it's really obvious that it's shifting people's perception so but before that you know uh there, there's probably going to be some new listeners out there who have no idea who esther the wonder pig is and who this online sensation is so i'd love if you could just back up a little bit and share with listeners how esther came into your life in the first place and when she did come into your life did you know that you would be adopting an animal that's normally known as bacon <laughs> um, that's a pretty funny story, really. Um, I had a girlfriend that contacted me online and said that she had got this micro pig and it wasn't getting along with her dogs. Uh, so 
I said I was interested and, and I just needed to do some research to figure out. I mean, I love, I love all animals. So, I mean, of course, I, the thought of a mini pig to me was incredible. Um, I knew Derek probably wouldn't have been so receptive. So that was part of my concern and, and yeah, trying to figure that all out. But anyway, about two hours after this first phone call, she calls again and says, listen, Steve, another girl's interested, um, but you, you got first right of refusal, basically. So if you want her, she's yours, but I've got to know now. So I panicked and I said, yeah, of course. I said, bring her, you know, you'll have to bring her to my office. Uh, again, Derek still didn't know this was all happening. So she came to my office first thing in the morning. Like I said, first within 12 hours, basically, um, we had Esther. So I spent the day trying to figure things out and, and you know, told Derek. And yeah, it, was, it was an interesting few days, that's for sure, when she first arrived. Um, but it took a few weeks before we realized what she was. We had some concerns from the vet and then, you know, trying to get some answers out of the girl we got her from and she kept dodging our calls. And, um, it was probably about three weeks before we really kind of knew that, you know, we, we didn't get what we thought we got. Um, how big she got, was going to get was, was the question, but you know, we, we knew right away that she wasn't a mini pig. So. So there you have it. Now you've got this gigantic pig <laughs> wandering around your thousand square foot home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so what was life like before Esther came along with you guys? Well, we have uh, two dogs, two cats, a couple of rabbits. And <laughs> the rabbits live outside, but, uh, you know, between the dogs and the cats, uh, everybody coexisted quite well. And uh, as soon as Esther came in, I mean, everybody was very excited. Uh, the dogs were, uh, you know, mothering Esther, uh, Shelby. She wants to mother any new animal that comes into the house. Um, so Shelby was very receptive to her when she was very, very small. But as Esther got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually surpassed Shelby's <laughs> size, um, you know, they, 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 everybody's drawn their lines in the sand now as to uh, how far they're willing to be pushed around and, uh, most of the arguments come down when it comes to food uh, or bed space. Uh, yeah. Who's you know who's going to get pushed over and who's going to stand their ground? And that's usually not much longer than a you know like a micro flash of aggression out of anybody, and then it's over and everybody's licking each other. And uh, <laughs> so uh, she really is just like one of the dogs. I mean, they don't wrestle a whole lot, but I mean they sleep together and they'll cuddle and. Like you said, coexist just fine. I think Esther's a bit rough. I mean, we wrestle with Esther, but she's even <laughs> she's even rough for us sometimes. It's hilarious and fun, but yeah, she's uh, she's just a bit big to actually play with the dogs. But otherwise, they're awesome together. Wow, that's it's amazing because um, uh, there's actually like like I'm out in BC right now, and I lived out in like we were discussing beforehand that I'm from Ottawa, but I've lived out in BC a few times, and there's a uh, pig sanctuary out here. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Hearts on Noses, and they rescue uh, mainly. Um, oh, can't think of the name of them right now. Potbelly, yeah, potbelly pigs. Okay. But there's yeah. some farm pigs there as well. And we would go there. Uh, there would be a group of us. We would go there regularly and do help them out with work parties. And we bring the dogs. And one of our dogs actually bonded very closely with Rosie who is very similar to Esther, so a farm pig as well. So it was it was amazing seeing how the two of them, the two species, two different species, became such fast friends. And how um, how Rosie taught Zoe, our dog, some really bad habits really quickly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Plus, yeah, no doubt. So I'm, you, 
like the pigs they're they're just they're brats they're really really fun and they're funny and it like I mean I've been a vegan for a number of years so I've always had a soft spot for animals but actually being in the presence of of an animal like that and watching her just be was so beautiful so you know I'd love if you could just kind of share what what Esther's like on a daily basis you know like just a little bit about what she's how she is with the other animals and, and uh, you know, what you guys are seeing. Yeah, for sure. She's certainly an opportunist. So if you leave food where food shouldn't be, uh, I mean, she will wait till just the right moment uh, to, to take it. Uh, that's when you're not in the room and your attention somewhere else. Uh, but we've, we've sort of had to train ourselves and rearrange our, our house and our storage and uh, everything based on, Esther and just mm-hmm. how big she got because now she has the ability to open cupboards she has the ability to open the fridge she has the ability to open the doors because all of our doors are uh, not round knobs they're of a lever so she just puts her nose up under it and pushes it up and pushes through the doors so but the crazy thing is she figures that out herself like obviously she's never been shown how to do that and I mean the dogs have never ever attempted to open a door but Esther rather than push and barge at it I mean she she figured out how the mechanism worked like it's it's mind-boggling how clever she is and that's been one of our biggest challenges is staying one step ahead of her right it, it it's one thing you like you'd think a locked bin you know would be sufficient but it's not you know like it's you've got to have that locked bin out of her reach you know her food bin just can't be anywhere within her reach because it doesn't matter what you put it in short of a metal safe with a locked box. You know, I don't, I don't think you could keep her out of it. She's unbelievably clever and resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, she, she gets up, uh, she sleeps now in the living room. She doesn't sleep in a pen, mm-hmm. um, which was a big milestone. We just got to, I don't know, we're only maybe two weeks into her sleeping mm-hmm. upstairs, not in her pen. Um, and that was a lot because we just didn't, I guess, trust her is probably not the right word. We just didn't want to be woken up to a big, you know, uh, scene in the kitchen and uh so now that we've got everything straightened out uh we she she sleeps upstairs and it's an amazing thing so yeah. in the morning we get up and she gets up and she eats dinner right away or breakfast and uh, then she goes out to pee with the dogs does does their business outside and then which is usually followed up by a, a nap <laughs> um she, she does a lot of sleeping right now in the winter um she slept a lot less in the summer because she'd be outside yeah. uh, rooting around. And uh, we have a, a pen built at the side of the house for her. And when I say a pen, it's like like a 30 by 12 foot area for her. And it's pitched right full of mulch. Uh, so she wallows and she digs and she roots and she mucks around in that uh, for you throw kibble, if you throw a handful of kibble, she'll just root through the mulch and find every single little grain of kibble. So, I mean, you can occupy her for half an hour with, with a handful or two of or kibble. Oh, and, um, yeah, we put her in the pen when we're not outside with her just because of the gardens. You know, she used to root around the plants, and now she wants to know what's under them. So she can't be unattended in the gardens. Um, as of the end of last year, she was getting a bit better. Again, it's, I think it's one of those things she needs to learn where she can and can't go. But for the most part, when you open the back door in the summer, she'll head left and go straight to her pen. She knows that's her space and she's happy in there. And interesting to know, she doesn't go to the bathroom in there. So you could leave her in there for hours. And as soon as you let her out, she'll step out of the gate and then she'll pee. So she's, she's yeah, very, very, 
clean in her specific areas for sure. And how long have you had her now? Uh, it'll be two years this coming summer. So what are we about 19 months, 18 months we've had her now. Yeah. 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 And is she expected to grow more? <laughs> that's the big question. Uh, the, uh, that's the wonder part. That's the wonder. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's where she got the nickname. I wonder, wonder when the hell thing. this is going to stop. Um, <laughs> so, she, um, we, the, our vet said that their frame, like their actual skeletons, you know, will grow for about a year and a half to two years at most. Um, and then he said they may get a little bit fatter from there. Um, other people say that, nope, they're, you know, she should be pretty much done growing. Uh, you sh- that's what you see is what you get. And then, of course, you've got the third people. They're like, oh, my God, she's going to be a 1,000 pounds. You have no idea what you're in for. Like, so we really honestly still don't know. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're still not 100% sure. So hopefully, hopefully she's almost done. But have you been noticing, knows? have you noticed any more growth in the last little while? Oh, absolutely. Little bits. It's like she goes through little spurts and she'll table off and somebody will come that hasn't seen her in a month and a half and they'll be like, oh, she hasn't gotten any bigger. And, you know, the next month they come and they're like, oh, my God, (laughs) (laughs) she's getting bigger again. Yeah. So she goes through little little growth spurts, it seems. So and we went through a lot of denial in the beginning when she was growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We're like, "Uh, you know, we see her every day. There's no way she's getting bigger. You know, like you didn't recognize the, the little changes. And then we wanted to deny that she was getting bigger, too, because we're like, my gosh, what are we going to do? She's getting huge. She's getting so big, big, big. Yeah. Um, Stairs were our biggest concern, too, right? Because we're in a raised bungalow. So the day that she can no longer go up or down stairs, she either lives permanently inside or permanently outside, you know, which isn't fair to anybody, um, especially her, you know. So that was our biggest concern. But so far, she's, she's like the wind up and down the stairs. But she's done them since day one. And they're carpeted, and you know, so it's it's easy enough for her to go up and down them. So, I think that was a big thing having her at the oh, age yeah. that we could teach her stairs. You know, because I've heard of a few people that say their pigs just can't do stairs, and they're much smaller than her. So, and there was this one part where she, after she went through a growth spurt just prior to October, yeah, where she was struggling, and I was like, oh no, this, this is this, <laughs> like what, like please, 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 just grow a little more. You know, like we wanted her to grow a little more so she could you know get that length that she was uh just missing you know she was like yeah. between two stairs when she was uh trying to come up yeah it was an was, awkward an awkward size it was an awkward probably two weeks it was their awkward teenage years yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah is that what those were yeah and yeah. and you post so many beautiful photos on on facebook there's pictures of her snuggled up with you derek on the couch and i noticed there was a, another one on the bed with you yeah. and the yeah. two dogs so she can get up on the bed herself then as well oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's no problem with that whatsoever <laughs> she, she puts her you know she jumps she uses the box spring as a step so she can she can get her front legs up to the mattress and then she uses the like the frame of the bed or the frame the um the metal frame or the box spring itself for her back legs and uses that as her her, her little step up wow yeah. you guys so. you, you i mean this podcast is all about defying status quo, and you guys have totally done that. Totally. But I, Just I wanna... so we're clear, she doesn't sleep in the bed at night. No. Uh, that's like morning cuddles. She would come in, you know, if it's really cold, she would climb up, and yeah. depending on who's left in bed, she would climb up for, you know, a, a short cuddle. But uh, no, there's certainly no room in that bed for, for everybody. <laughs> 
Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that was quite, that was pretty evident actually in that photo that I saw with the dog. <laughs> Where on earth does Steve go? <laughs> You're in the pig pen. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Uh, literally. <laughs> but I, I'm going to back up again because, um, you know, when I, when I spoke to you at the beginning, I was, I was talking about that, that, uh, 10,000 likes video that you put out and it was so moving and, you know, you spoke so honestly about the enormous responsibility of being pig dads, as well as how Esther is a living, feeling, emotional, and loving being. And she's become an ambassador for all of those without voices. And, you know, as you've mentioned on Facebook, you're not only giving Esther voice, you're also showing um, the loving face that most people disconnect from in order to eat the flesh of beings that are just like her. So... I'm just wondering, like, how has the experience of raising and living with Esser transformed the lives of both of you guys? Um, we're, we're carnivores, number one. To yeah. With, so that's a big, like, that's, that's I guess, a big step. Uh, and once we got Esther, it, it was like two or three, no, maybe four or five days afterwards. At most, yeah. Like, it was not very long at all where an epiphany just struck and, we went, my gosh, what is going on here? Like, we ate pork, yeah. we ate beef, we ate chicken, you know, and uh, we'd never really given it any second thoughts. Just we were brought up in in a world where that was the norm and, you know, a meat and potatoes sort of family where, you know, uh, everybody sits around a big carcass. And uh, now, I mean, I was so oblivious prior to, and then you start doing the research and you start looking in a little bit further and a little bit further and man it's just a real real ugly ugly dirty 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 <laughs> business like there's just i could i i, I try not to swear here um, you know uh it, it just uh, uh, <laughs> it is the nastiest fucking business uh, i've ever seen you know and it, it just breaks my heart um i think you know, seeing we, her was the biggest thing though right and and seeing you always, you, you're told they're farm animals, you know, and you think of them differently than a dog or you think of them differently than a cat. And to see her playing with the dogs and, you know, responding to her name and, you know, just seeing her act with the, it, it was, it was so hard to, hard to explain. It was to then think of her and to know once we'd made that connection, of course, that she was ultimately a farm pig. Right. And then it was, you know, to imagine now, anytime we think of it, it's, it's, you see Esther's face. Right. And I imagine how is Esther? I can't imagine her in those barns. You know, I mean, I know when she gets scared, she runs to us, you know, or if she wants to cuddle, she comes and sits on our lap. Um, it's it's crazy to think of what they go through. Um, it was Toronto Peace Save initially that I yeah. that I started following on Facebook just in the background and, and watching what they were doing. And uh, I read a, a, a blog post that one of their members had posted about a vigil that they had attended and it, it it was more so why they personally attended these vigils uh, and it just really really captured me and uh, really I mean I, I, I was so upset I was I, I, I cried for hours I was just it, she really was able to put words uh, to emotions really well um, and I just I was always taught that animals didn't have feelings and that uh, you know that they were raised specifically for food and it was just such a huge disconnect and now when I look at it, man, I have so much guilt about uh, being 
31 years of being a carnivore and uh, now I just can't imagine it any other way. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. yikes, you know, I just, I, I just, I was blind before. Now I just can't stop thinking about how terribly wrong it is. Like it's just on every level of moral disconnect. It's just, it's just craziness. Uh, like it's just, it's wildly wrong on every level how we treat mm-hmm. animals for food. It's just like those those words together don't make sense to me anymore when I say animals for food. I mean, what, like mm-hmm. that makes that makes no sense whatsoever when you really think about it. And so many people just they can't look at the images and they just turn because they, you know, they don't want to be educated on the issue or they just they the moral bearing they're just that's, not willing to face. I that's think. the most frustrating part I think from from my side anyway is that you know people. I guess know that it's there, but choose not to acknowledge it or to, nobody wants to see that stuff. I mean, I understand that, but you know, to know that it's happening and to, you know, to ignore it is, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't understand. And, and that's why I was hoping, or, or we kind of hope that, you know, seeing Esther this way, it's a lot easier to watch for one um, and helps people realize that, you know, these aren't just, you know, mindless animals that have no idea what's happening or what's going on or, you know, and that's that whole, they know what's, they, they hear everything and, you know, that, I don't even remember what I said, to be honest, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's so true. I mean, it's, it's so true. They know what you're saying to them. You know, they've got every emotion. They've got, you know, every feeling that, that any other animal, dogs or cats or us have, um, you know, to, to think that we put them through what we put them through and that we're okay with it. Um, is just, yeah, like Derek said, it's just wrong on, on every level. Yeah. And that's the, that's the problem with the indoctrination that we're all born into, you know, it's just, it's like this ongoing transfer of secondhand belief systems that are, you know, that, that are imposed on us at a very early age. And that's what causes that disconnect. But I, you know, personally, I really believe that everybody in their hearts is a good person. And, and, oh, absolutely. and I think it's that, you know, it's the pain of knowing the truth that prevents them um, from wanting to go there because it's one, I mean, it's a, it's a human, I think it's just human instinct to want to avoid pain. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing is, it's like, you know, there's that saying, the truth will set you free. And it's obvious that that's what it's done for you guys. Like it's, it sounds like a oh, yeah. really massive transformation, a beautiful yeah. one for you too as well. And I mean, we're the same. We knew all those videos existed and we knew what was happening. And it was one of those, you know, oh, there goes one of those trucks on the highway, right? Eyes straight or eyes to left. You know, you would just try to ignore it, right? Um, you know, Esther's a little bit harder to ignore, I think, right? She's kind of making that connection with people. And, and we've had so many emails from people saying that, you know, I... I Esther stopped me from buying our Christmas ham or Esther stopped me from, you know, um, my daughter tore apart our family at Christmas dinner because, you know, or my BLT is just a tomato now, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's really funny. And and I got a really nice message from a girl, uh, just yesterday actually. Um, and she said that her daughter just loves Esther. Absolutely has been in love with Esther and, um, also is madly in love with bacon. Um, six years old, this girl's six years old. So, the mom said it was really bugging her. The mother's a vegetarian or a vegan. I, I can't remember. But but she said um, it was really bothering her that she knew how much her daughter loved Esther and her daughter didn't understand that this bacon that she also loved, you know, was Esther. And so she had a sit down with her daughter over the weekend. 
Um, and she said her daughter cried, just cried when she told her what it was. Um, so yeah, she said it was, it was one of the greatest things ever for her that, you know, it was a revelation for her daughter to actually understand where her food was coming from. And it was enough for her daughter to say herself, you know, the father was a, is a big meat eater. The mother's not. Um, and mom didn't want to force it on anybody, which is great, you know, good for her. Um, her daughter made that connection herself and she did it at six years old, right? Which is incredible because she's been able to see Esther in such a different way, right? That it's a lot harder to ignore, mm. you know, what we're doing to them when it actually, like you said to it, you know, it's giving food a face, which is, is pretty incredible and, and so much bigger. I mean, that gives me a lot of anxiety to think that and Derek too. <laughs> it's, it's so much bigger than what we ever, ever imagined it could be, you know, starting this page, but uh, you know, that's exactly what's happening with it. And, and we couldn't, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. It changed our lives. And, and, you know, we hope that seeing how we live with her will, will do the same thing for others and the same way that we did, you know, through, through just learning and understanding rather than having to beat it into people's heads. You know, we, we want them to realize themselves. Well, people always are trying to post uh, like negative um, images and negative video, or I shouldn't say negative, like casting graphic. Graph, thank you. Graphic, graphic. You know, please share and, this. Please share this. But we won't. Not on our page. That's not what that Facebook page is about. You'll never ever see those images on our page. We do want to dedicate a portion of our website to that for the people that do want to see it. You know, and to know where some of these better documentaries are to get a little bit more educated. But there's, we want there's them enough to want us. There's enough groups that are posting those yeah. images, and we're grateful for it. But it's uh, you know we'll. We, we just don't want her we want being a different seen approach. in that light. We want people to see her being funny. We want people to see her interacting with her dogs and playing in the yard and visitors. Man, she's... I can't wait for summer so you can see her wrestle outside in the summer. We don't wrestle with her in the house because of the wood floors, but um, God, she loves to play and to wrestle. As soon as we get rid of the snow, yeah, we'll, we'll have some, some great videos for you. Tag with Esther is spectacular. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah, it's so much fun. So, yeah, we, we just want people to see that, you know, and like I said, make that connection themselves and, you know, understand what, what it is that they're supporting and, and what they're contributing to. And not just for pigs, you know, not just for pigs, for all animals. But, you know, we, we think Esther's got, there's really something special about her. That smile is just hard to ignore. Oh, it's so beautiful what you guys are doing and hearing that story of transformation is so amazing. And also the story that you just said about the six-year-old too, because it shows how, how the indoctrination happens at such an early age. And, yep. But the fact that she's able to make the connection at that early age means that it's probably going to be lasting. Yep. Um, but what, you know, when, when you talk about how sometimes it's really frustrating because you, we, we know now you guys have been transformed. So we're, we know what, how ugly and brutal it is for these animals. And all you want to do is shake people awake. And I, you know, I get it, you know, when people want those videos to be posted on your website so that people can see the reality. But at the same time, I also get how people are repulsed by them because, you know, I mean, I've been vegan since 1999 and I can't even watch them anymore. I can't. And, and they just, they, they repulse me. So what you're doing is you're taking um, like a really upbeat, optimistic approach that's just, I mean, you're just showing real life. So it's like reality TV with Esther. Yeah, exactly. Is, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And people can relate so much more. So personally, I feel like that it's, it's having a, a much greater impact. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, on that note, like, so you've mentioned a few people that have contacted you, but are you noticing like um, 
overall like a a, a greater movement towards compassion since you've oh, been absolutely. showing her life through your eyes absolutely more, more than just a few people like it's oh uh, dozens and dozens and dozens yeah, are like, writing and like you know what whether it's complete BS or you know it happens for a week or it happens forever you know they're they're telling us and it just means they've thought about it you know at the very least they've thought about you know we need to make some changes or what we're doing is wrong or you know and that's that's all that we're after you know it'd be awesome to think that all of them have made you know had this life-changing epiphany and you know hopefully for a few it's true and you know that's all we can do like so we're only a month in and to think of how many people have have reached out to us and and said things it's really it's unbelievable. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing how many times I've sat at the computer and cried my eyes out reading messages from people. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Well, what was your initial reason for creating a Facebook page? Friends and family. Um, it, separation of business. And yeah, exactly. Because everybody always asks, they're like, oh, how's Esther? And how big is Esther? And, you know, um, we've got our own, our own social circle, obviously, that, that was very interested in her. So we just... We didn't want it. She was getting big enough that we thought, you know, if this does become a little bit public or the wrong person sees it on Facebook in the town is no, you know, blah, blah. We just wanted to have a little bit of that separation from our own personal accounts so that, you know, we could keep posting the pictures of her as she grew and, you know, all that sort of stuff without bringing too much attention to ourselves. So that's one of the things we've been trying to avoid, but in trying to avoid we've created it, you know, like it's in trying to avoid the attention, we've created a whole bunch of attention. We've, we've been posting these same pictures and the same thing for since we got her, you know what I mean? Like the, the baby photos and all that stuff. I mean, they're all over our personal pages and stuff. It was just that they just stayed personal and within our group of friends. And, and you know, for, for some reason, the right person jumped on this and, and it just happened to snowball like crazy. I mean, it was only what, two weeks in, I think, that we got a call from the director of youth campaigns from PETA um, that wanted to do an interview with us and, and, and is just in love with Esther. I mean, they've got their press team working for us right now to help us out and, and you know, get her story spread a little bit further down in the States. I mean, and these are, you know, organizations that you, you know, you hear about and you've never had anything to do with. And the fact that they're searching us out, you know, and, and looking for us is is insane, is insane. And that was a real big indicator, I think, to both of us that, oh my God, I think we're, you know, we've started something here. <laughs> so that was, it was pretty intimidating. <laughs> and it was the next day we went to the lawyer <laughs> to say, oh my God, Thomas, what did we do? <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was a pretty hairy, it was a pretty hairy couple of weeks, but you know, I think we're both kind of slowly wrapping our heads around it and, you know, taking a couple deep breaths and getting ready to dive in. I want to go back to uh, one of the questions that I asked you before the, about how the transformation. So it's kind of along the same lines of, as that question. And I'm wondering, like, what has Esther taught you both about yourselves that you didn't already know before? Um, I think we always knew it. It's, it's, it's just made us acknowledge more that what we were doing was, was wrong and that we were, I don't know, I feel like we're much better people because of Esther, because we're much more in tune with you know, everything we do has a reaction, whether it be buying a new sofa and, you know, buying a new leather sofa or leather, you know, it, it goes so far down the line. It's made us be so much more aware um, of how far it goes, you know, and, and how much these animals are exploited. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question to answer. That is a hard question. I've always to been a very patient person. It definitely, it definitely pushed my patience in the <laughs> training portion of it. 
I mean, there was times where we'd both look at each other and, you know, we're near tears going, is this even going to work? Like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this work? Um, Derek called her Kijiji for about a month when she first arrived. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I love her to death. Now. It, was, it was really Steve that I had a problem with in the beginning for, for bringing her in without so much as a consultation. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, everything's mended. There's no, there's no sore spots there. Uh, with you know, I, I certainly love Esther wholeheartedly, and I, I, I can't imagine it any other way. No. To be honest with you, but that portion in the beginning was a real learning curve where just everything had to change. So patience was a big one for sure. Uh, following patience, it was complete and utter awe of the industry, mm-hmm. uh, and then it went the awareness. The awareness and then, you know, people that are close with you, close friends are watching this huge transformation going like, how did that even happen so quick? Like, you know, they were like, are you guys activists? Are you, you know, like, what? Like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I'm like, well, and I just said with like, one friend asked if we were activists, you know, like, I said, well, I just, I don't know. Like, we don't need to see the whole staircase in order to take one step forward, you know? Like, I'm not sure what the end result is, and but I know that I'm taking one step, you know? And I'm going to take probably 10 more steps because I can't ever imagine going back back downstairs, you know? It's at this point, it's like, it's it's taught me a lot of patience, but at the same time, it's made me realize just how much ignorance that there is mm-hmm. with regards to. The more we get into it and the more we know Esther, I mean, again, we've had her for a long time now, but I mean, we we learn from her every day um, and we see a new something new from her every day. And it just becomes, to me anyway, I think Derek's the same. It just becomes a lot more important to us every day. Um, you know, you, you just, the more you think about it and the more you, you see new stories and new things going on, you know, that Tyson's meat story, for example, I mean, that, you know, I know a lot of people watched it and were upset by it, but I mean, you know, it made me sick. Like it's, it's, yeah. I don't just see pigs anymore, of course. Right. I mean, I tell people, you know, imagine a truck full of golden retrievers driving by you on the highway, you know, or imagine, you know, imagine watching a video of somebody doing that sort of stuff to your dog. Um, you know, any outcry from the public if that was to be happening. You know, I mean, I always thought that would be be a great campaign, a protest campaign, would be to fill a slaughter truck with with dogs and just drive it around town. Obviously, they're perfectly safe, but drive it around town and I mean, just get people's reaction. I mean, I I think you'd see it would be it would be mind blowing because people don't think of them the same way. They see them so different, and they're 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 really not. They're they're really really not. So, yeah, it's it gets harder every day to think of it. Yeah, there's a that that separation is just it's unbelievable what we can do with our minds. There's so much power. We have so much power for transformation. We have so much power for for separation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really like what you what you were talking about was you know you were asking uh, or you mentioned that people were asking if you're activists and I think it's unfortunate that that word that activism has a negative connotation in the minds of some people just because of a few raving lunatic types. But really, I mean, when I think of activism, it's just, it's awareness about, um, it's awareness, it's consciousness about a certain topic or a number of topics and just speaking out about it. You know, I mean, and I think that that's our natural state too. I mean, we are caring beings. I mean, we're brought into the world, like we're, we incarnated, we were birthed into the world to care. And then it's, um, 
it's beaten out of us with through you know through the education and 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 family systems and you know like i said the secondhand beliefs that are just keep being handed down over and over and over again that just keep perpetuating this separation from all other living beings so the fact that you guys care means that you're activists and that's not a bad thing that's a great thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah we're accidental activists <laughs> i guess <laughs> but it's all hey we'll take it <laughs> yeah no it's uh we'll take it no i'm 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 for sure i'm for sure an activist like i i just feel like that it's now it's like my responsibility to make sure that i keep that i keep educating people that are around me whether it be through I don't like to show a lot of shocking photos. Like I have a personal page and then there's Esther's page on my own personal page. I'll share things that are more graphic um, things that I feel that, you know, my carnivore friends need to see, you know, like that. Then they're, and they're not terrible people. I'm like, this is what's, this is what every time you open your wallet and you buy that, this is what you're supporting. Uh, And, you know, we have had some close friends that just go, you know, we are, we're like, we are just blown away as to, what you've shown us and it's not anything that's new it's just that nobody's ever showed them that before yeah not anybody looking for that either but it's just you know facebook was a real good outlet because you know your friends and your media friends you show one shocking picture it doesn't even have to be a video because not you know I, i those videos just those videos just shock me to the core and uh it's, it's you know the what, photos, uh, like the one-off photos that just have a few words that just capture, you know, capture the image with a thousand words. And, and people just can't deny what they've just seen, you know. They go, whoa. Just like, and then if you do something, if you post something, you know, a few days later, and then they, you know, they start to add it up in their head that it's not just about pigs because mm-hmm. it's chickens, it's cows, it's, it's every living being that's exploited. You know what the hardest thing for me with those videos is the noises because we've, like I said, getting to know Esther, um, you know, we know her sounds, right? And we know her happy sounds and her scared noises and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, those noises that you hear from those pigs in, in those videos are sheer terror. Um, I've never, ever in my life heard Esther make those kinds of noises. You know, we've heard, you know, one close, she was terrified one day and she, she let out a, a gut-wrenching scream. Um, and that was the most, that was the closest it's ever come. I mean, any, when I hear those noises, I mean, I, you know, I just, I could watch the video before I can listen to them, you know, because I just, I know that those, those are, those pigs are screaming in, in fear and terror and pain. And it's, it's, that's the worst part for me is knowing, like I said, how aware they are. They know exactly what's going on right there and, and they're terrified. They're terrified. It's 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 awful. It's just awful, you know. Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, or I do a lot of, of driving in and around the city, uh, and it's just, you know, it, it's like when I actually searched as to how many trucks were going to that one place, the place that we don't even like to think of, the place like, we don't speak of. It was like nine hundred trucks a day, and it was no wonder that I was seeing so many trucks. And uh, you it's know, in I, downtown I was Toronto, like almost. Some cases, you know, I'm using the visor of the car. I'm like blinding. I'm like just straightforward vision, and it just totally ruins my day. Sometimes I'm heading out and I'm going to going to work, and you see one of those trucks go by, and you just see, you know, hundreds of eyes screeching out, and everybody's broken that's on board, 
Uh, That's the other thing too. Yeah, if you look at the eyes of some of those pigs, if you, you know people take pictures at these vigils and you'll they're looking in and you can you just see the pig looking back at you. These eyes looking back at everybody on the highway. Like there's thousands of people driving around these trucks. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people see these eyes looking out in every direction, and to not be able to even make eye contact and and see what what their supporting expressions yeah. are. You know, like body language speaks louder than words. And to look at the body language of a pig might sound ridiculous to they're very expressive. Work, but yeah. then you look at them now and you just go like that. Broken. That's a broken soul. That's like, Mm. uh, and the only daylight that they've seen is that moment where they're on that truck, and of course they're terrified. They're wheeling down the highway at, you know, at least 100 kilometers an hour and and hell and high water. Yeah, it's 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 pretty brutal. It's you can see it in their face too. Like I said, seeing Esther and looking at Esther, you can their eyes are so expressive. We've had so many comments of people saying, "Oh, look at those eyes! Look at those eyes!" and you know, we'll look at the eyes of those pigs in the trucks and tell me that they don't, you know, there's a, they're not in pain. Uh, or, there's a Humane you know. Society ad that's on TV that, that uh, features Sarah McLaughlin in the back in the arms of an angel. And it's, the, you know, it's cats and dogs in shelters looking out. And, you know, it's an infomercial basically to get you to sponsor a, a pet or sorry, uh, to sponsor an animal that's in a shelter. Um, and everybody connects with those and they won't watch those commercials you know if you're in a room full of people and that commercial comes on everybody's like you know i can't i can't watch that you know because it's these sad sad broken eyes of dogs and cats Mm -hmm. and just to get people to try to relate to a farm animal like they would a regular you know american domesticated animal such as a dog and a cat it just seems like such a it's just a stretch. People have a hard time seeing that yeah it's such a making that connection that that connection between animals that we deem as everyday animals that we have in our house, such as dogs and cats, to transform or to using that same set of eyes to look at an animal that's on a truck on its way, you know, that's the, uh, sorry, I'm having a hard time verbalizing my, my feelings here. Um, but to to make people see, you know, farm animals in the light that they see, Dogs and cats seems mm-hmm. to be like a really big hurdle. Uh, but with Esther, people seeing Esther in a happy situation, it seems to be cracking that door open just a little bit. And uh, people are wanting to relate to her. The comments that go down on the feed are are, are, are awesome. You know, uh, people are, are like talking to Esther, you know, like they are writing Esther. They're not writing Steve. They're not writing Derek. They are... Like it's like Esther is at the, you know, at the keyboard, mm-hmm. um, and which is great because it means that they're relating with her. Yeah, um, and that's all sort of a uh, an unplanned coincidence uh, or an unplanned series of events that has turned out to be something really good. It's it's really interesting hearing the way you're you're speaking about people and the disconnect because it's just it's showing me how. Well, the, the human mind is just so complicated and, and fascinating at the same time. Um, but people, uh, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that inherently we all want to avoid pain. And it doesn't matter whether we're two-legged, four-legged, or no-legged, you know, we, none of us want pain. And, that, that and, and, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's physical, emotional, uh, spiritual pain. We don't want pain. We don't want pain. So what you guys are doing is you're inviting people into 
the world of a, another living being a, a different species without the pain. And I think that's what, that's why probably the, the transformation is happening on such a great level with what you're doing. And I'm just kind of, kind of thinking out loud here because it's showing me as well the power of your activism. So what I'm calling love-based activism. <laughs> and, you know, earlier, um, a number of podcasts ago, I actually interviewed Anita Krantz as well. So and her activism um, with the, the pig vigils, you know, even though they're showing these broken souls and these broken spirits, they're going with love in their hearts. So they're not yeah. going with yeah. judgment and they're not you know, they're not pointing the finger at these people. So again, it's another form of activism that's raising I wish awareness. I, could go. I wish I could do one. I just think I would be, I would be an absolute mess. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when, when my partner and I uh, moved out to the, uh, to the BC coast a couple of months ago, it was unbelievable to me how, you talk about those trucks there the the trans canada highway was infested with them absolutely infested with them and it was um you know i felt broken by the time we arrived here because it you, you can feel the suffering that's emanating from those trucks and this ongoing convoy of cruelty just showed me the the disease that you know the, the this 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 uh I'm having a hard time now because I'm getting too passionate, but um, it's, it is a disease. It's a disease that people are so, the indoctrination is so deeply entrenched in us that that's what we need is that we need the flesh of other living beings, that it's become a disease of the mind that mm. we've been able to disconnect so, so deeply. Yeah. When I think people don't realize how easy it can be to, to make that switch. I mean, it, people look at us when we mention vegan, they're like, oh my God, like, where do you get your protein? Where do you get this? Where do you get that? They just, they don't know, right? They don't know that there's an alternative. And I mean, that's, I think, a big, huge part of the problem. You know, they, they, they know what's going on in these slaughterhouses and they know this, this, this terrible thing exists. But at the same time, they think it's harder to change and to, to, to do something about it than it, you know, than it, than it actually is. And it's easier for them to ignore the problem and just do what they're doing than to actually make a change that's really quite simple. I mean, what's, there's really nothing hard about becoming a vegan and, and, you know, living a little bit, you know, more cruelty free, I guess is what we call it. Right. Really. Um, you know, it takes some learning and it takes a little bit of time, but I mean, other than that, like it, it, to me, it just makes it, it, I guess it's easy. If it was so easy to everybody, nobody would eat meat. But I mean, it's, it, to me, there's no, it doesn't make any sense why, why people wouldn't. I, I just, I don't understand. I feel like you're banging like, your head on a wall. It's like we're living in a world of psychosis, you know, when you really think about like, like people are, it doesn't make sense. There's yeah. no need. Like, I just don't, I don't understand. It's, it's the most selfish thing that, that, you know, and, and then I feel bad. Like, I don't mean to judge people for it. I mean, cause you know, we were one a few years ago. We were, you know, the only reason we ever changed is cause we got Esther. So, I mean, I get it, but, but now that we have her, it, it feels like it's one of those things, like you said, where you, you almost feel like you need to stand on the top of a building and just scream at people. Um, you know, but you're not going to get anywhere with that, right? Like, like, I mean, how can we make people realize what we've realized, you know, and, 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 you know, do what we've done, you know, without, without going to such extremes, you know, I, I, I saw a really neat, it was, it was a comedy sketch done by, uh, 
Oh, just for laughs. Uh, what's that? Just for laughs gag show. I don't know mm. if you get that in in BC. Do you have you ever seen that program? Uh, it's like a uh, like a it's gag, like a prank show. Like a prank show. And they went into a a supermarket, and they had uh, a sausage grinder. Okay, and they were grinding out sausages, and they had little cooked ones, and they were letting people sample them, and enticing people to buy the product. And when people would agree to buy the product, you know, they would turn the crank, and nothing would come out. And then uh, he would go underneath the table and bring out this little piglet, and then you know, allegedly stick it in the machine and grind it up in front of everybody. But behind the scenes, it was not a machine. It was <laughs> a box, you know, and it was it was a magic trick of sorts that they were, you know, making the pig disappear and turn into sausage and come out the other end. And while everybody just could not believe it, that was standing in the supermarket watching this happen. Well, screaming and crying yeah, and all like that sort of stuff. Were, but like at the same time, covered. the sausage was delicious. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, they just didn't want to see them actually yeah. make the sausage. They wanted to eat it. They just didn't want to acknowledge that. Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty it was crazy. sort of a twisted view on, like, I mean, it, it was comedic because it showed people, it showed people's reactions, which was, you know, and and in itself, it seemed really uh, barbaric of an activity to be doing right in a grocery store. So that's what also made it seem comedic, the comedic value to it. But it really showed people. I, I felt that everybody that watched that video watched, you know, like it, you just saw them. They were just shocked that that was. You know, it just seemed like it, it was the right picture uh, for the moment. Yeah, uh, it just it helped them make the connection. I, you know, yeah. whether it did or not, uh, I, I hope that it did. But I think it, they still it, bought the sausage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I rambled a bit there. Yeah, no, I've I've seen that video and it's it's really powerful. And actually, that's a that's a good reminder. I'll post that on my um, on the blog page when I write up about you guys and, you know, people be able to see that for themselves. But um, I'm going to shift gears here now because uh, we've, we've, <laughs> we're like, we're going into the dark reality here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you guys have mentioned that you'd like to be on the Ellen show with Esh- Esther. And I would really love if you could share, um, you know, I'm not even going to say if that happens, but when that happens, what is, what's the purpose of, of your, you know, of your time on, on Ellen? What would you like to accomplish when you're there? We want people to meet Esther um, is what we want, right? Like uh, like we said, for people to get to know her and to be able to make that connection on their own. You know, we'd love to tell them what happened, how we got Esther and, and what happened and how she changed our lives and, and, you know, how amazing she is. But they, they won't get it until they actually start to watch her and see her and, you know, watch her videos and see her photos. And, you know, we we want to force people to make that connection themselves. And I think the only way we can do that is to tell them our story. Um, you know, how it happened to us, right? I mean, we, we weren't like this before, you know, all that we did and is get to know a pig, you know, long and short of it. That's, that's all that happened. We got to know a pig and, and, and look what she's done for us. Um, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's really incredible. And, and, you know, we, we've had calls from people asking us what we've done with her and why she's so special and, and people from that own sanctuaries, can you come and help us train our pigs? What's your secret? Um, We've no experience with pigs whatsoever. We just brought her into the house. We treated her like a dog. We loved her, um, and we let her be herself. And and this is what she turned into. You know, we we took a farm pig that was meant to be eaten, and we gave her a chance. And and this is what she turned into. We're not behavior specialists. We haven't created some sort of, 
you know, one in a million pig here. I mean, she's just yes, we have. She's the wonder pig. She, she's, she's 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 just a she's just a pig that that was given a chance is all. Um, and and if people could realize that, you know, any of these pigs that they're that are in these factory farms, that if if they were just given a chance, you know, that they're all they're all esters. You know, they're they're just any animal with the right amount of love would turn out like Esther. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, any mm-hmm. any. You know, whether it's a frog, a snake, I think that any animal that you that you give the, the right amount of attention and love to, that yeah. it's going to, you know, it's going to be compassionate back to you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's even that, you know, people have a disconnect from potbellied pigs or Julian pigs or, you know what I mean? It's easy for people to say, oh, well, they're different kind of animal or they're different species or they're different that. And, and I think that's another reason why Esther's grabbed people because... You know, there's so many, there's tons of pages of potbelly pigs and Julian pigs and all these little, little pets that people have, but you know, they, they have never seen an Esther in this situation, right? They've never seen a commercial pig in this situation. And, and, and I think, I don't think people realize that, you know, they were the same, you know, if, if not even smarter, you know, than, than any of those other pigs, they're, they're just, they're un. it's really hard to explain, Deb. Honestly, it's really hard to explain. You guys need to come to Ontario and meet Esther, and you'll <laughs> you'll get it. No, I think you'll friends, get it. I think friends, not food. I guess would be the ultimate message that you know, like, like, why are we, why are humans worth? Why are the you know, why are our lives any worth any less than any other? Any more than any theirs. other living animal. You know, like, why? Why? Like, I think that's the basis of a lot of problems. Like, why? The way that we treat each other is based on, you know, a power struggle and why we think that we can exploit, you know, animals to such a degree just for taste. Uh, it's, it's. Uh, we just want people to see friends, not food. I mean, see, like all animals. Yeah, I am ready. But the message, yeah, the message, Ellen, I, I think would be, just take a second look. Everybody have a have a peek into that industry. You know, no, we don't want them to have no, a peek we, into no, that industry. We, we, we want, want them. To, we want them to connect to Esther and realize that she is what is in that industry. Well, you know, we don't want them to see that. We don't need them to look at those videos. We just want them to make that connection and you know, see her face when they're at a grocery store or at a restaurant, or you know, to to think about her, you know, and and see that personality and that smile and you know, that loving pig that she is. Oh, you guys are you guys are amazing. You really are, and. You know, there's a saying by Leo Tolstoy that as long as there are slaughterhouses, there'll be battlefields. So, you know, and I really believe that too. We, we, can't, we can't even treat each other well. We can't even treat our own selves well. Like most people, most people loathe themselves. So how on earth can we ever expect to treat other living beings, you know, with love and with, with care if we can't even love our own selves, you know? So, um but now that you guys have like a greater understanding of of the truths that are normally hidden from the minds of the masses about this so-called food system and since opening up to a more compassionate lifestyle yourselves with Esther in your lives what is it that gives you hope in the world today now that you've created such a far-reaching platform for compassion um that more people can be like us and 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 start to you know, like to open their eyes. That was the biggest thing for us. We 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 were just like everybody else, or or a lot of these other people that think that we we're crazy. Um, you know, we just had our eyes open. That's all. We just want other people to take a second and and give it some thought and and you know see the world through through some different eyes for a change. And and you know, like you said, it spans to a whole lot of other aspects of your life. You know that that slaughterhouses and and battlefields comments. It's very true, right? I mean, if you if you can't love your you know 
love animals and, and take care of these animals and yeah, how we all fight. It's crazy. It really is. It's just, it's such a negative and mean, mean world. Well, I think, um, the, the, like the mainstream media picking up on blackfish, mm-hmm. uh, earthlings on the verge of hopefully getting some bigger mainstream attention. Um, I think that those things too, you know, there's a, there seems to be a movement happening. I can't even believe we're being people, discussed in the in the with same people being changed, you know, people change, changing to veganism and realizing that you know we're destroying our earth, not in you know we're making ourselves sick by what we're eating because mm. um, we're ingesting all that stress and all that all that horribleness that surrounds that industry, but at the same time we're ruining the planet that that we're that we we're trying to leave for other generations because. Uh, we, we, we use all of our land to make food so we can feed the animals. And that, that to me too, is a huge, a huge problem. Uh, because it just, I, I think that, that those mainstream movies that are coming out, that, uh, you know, that's going to help people too. It just all happened, like I said, by accident. I mean, you know, it's, it's, she was the ticket for us. She was the ticket for us for sure. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm sure the more people meet her and the more people, you know, get to see her the way that we do that, you know, she'll change other people too. And I mean, kids in particular um, seem to be really grasping it. We've had a couple of those messages, one I described to you in particular, right, that kids are starting to know and, and realize, you know, they love Esther and they're seeing Esther and, and, and thinking of her in this whole different way. And then when they actually make the realization that, oh, my God. You know, because to them, it's just a pork chop. You grow up knowing it's a pork chop and you grow up knowing it's bacon. And, you know, I mean, I God, I was probably nine years old before I realized that a bacon came from a pig. You know, I thought bacon was its own thing. Like, it's just there's such a level of disconnect that, you know, it, it is really hard to break. You've got to start it, I think, with kids. They're the ones that will have the biggest impact with if they get to know Esther. Um, I think that's where we can make the biggest changes. It's 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 harder than that. I mean, you know, it happened for us, so we know it can happen for others. But. I think our big, big goal would be would be kids, right? That's where we can make the longest and longest lasting impact, you know, and 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 hopefully some some lasting changes. And kids, yeah, and kids have a surprising amount of power. I mean, I can speak for oh, my incredible. I could speak for my own personal experience because I I made the connection at I think it was twelve years old. Um, that I just like I couldn't eat the flesh on my plate because you know. I could see a cow or I could see a chicken. I could see a living being. And so, I mean, it was a big battle with my father who was a hardcore meat eater, hardcore meat eater. And, you know, it was huge, but it caused a shift within the family because I wasn't going to budge. And kids can be really stubborn. Oh, of course. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that one lady, she was funny at, uh, over Christmas. She said, I just wanted to let you know that you ruined my Christmas dinner. Um, my daughter spent the whole time telling telling the rest of the family how terrible they were for eating Esther because they had a spiral ham for their Christmas dinner. So she refused to eat Christmas dinner and she spent the whole time, you know, telling the other family how, how terrible they were for doing it. So, yeah, so it's really making, making big impacts. And like you said, you know, that caused the rest of the family to think a bit. Exactly. So, right? My family thinks that we're nuts. Because, yeah, they do. They uh, think we're batshit crazy. They are, uh, I come from a family of hunters. Um, <laughs> So it's a, I mean, that's a whole different, that's a whole different kettle of fish altogether yeah. and, and as well as being carnivores. So, uh, yeah, shoot it and skin it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, so they're still not quite, they still, they're still disconnected from, from our change. 
they're still like, they're like, well, what do you guys eat? You know, like we go for a visit and they're like, we don't know what to make. Like, do you, what do you eat? You know, like they go yeah. through, do you still eat chicken? It's like, no, we don't eat chicken. You know, like that's, well, what about, yeah. uh, well, it's not a pig. Chicken's yeah, not pig. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, so yeah. they're, they're, I mean, it's been such a huge change. Like even our family notes, they're like, whoa, like what, what, what happened? Like what, yeah. what was, what made like we didn't raise you like that, you know, like that. Where did you come up with? No, you lied to me my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Wow, but you know, I mean, you guys are proof that I mean, we're all proof. The three of us talking right now are proof that you can change in an instant. Of course, in an instant. Uh, yep. So when you see with different eyes, though, those different eyes are connected to your heart, and I think that's that's where the shift happens because most people want to stay in their heads. They want to trap that be, be trapped in those belief systems, in the mental indoctrination. They just want to stay trapped in their heads and not go to that heart space because, again, that heart space is where we have to feel. So, again, what you're doing, the way you're doing it, I can't even I can't even imagine where it's going to go because um, it's just grown so exponentially in just a few short weeks. Mm -hmm. I can only, part. yeah, I can only see this becoming a, I mean, I've already called it a movement of compassion, but I think it's going to be bigger than that. It really feels like it because uh, you guys even said that you're noticing that there's shifts that are starting to happen. I'm noticing it too. Lots of other people that I've been speaking to on this podcast are, are feeling it as well. So there's, there's this polarity, you know, there's this disconnect this this ugly stuff that you guys has been spoken speaking about but at the same time there's this awakening where people mm -hmm. are fed up with the lies and people are fed up with with not knowing the truth not knowing where their food is coming from yeah. you know not knowing even wherever their beliefs are coming from so um so that's great i don't know where i'm going with this but i'm just kind of flowing here <laughs> <laughs> but i have one last yeah. question i have one last question for you guys um you, you, you're both so connected to Esther and it's so obvious. It's so obvious just the way you speak and from the, the photos that you've shown. And so, and you're also, you know, you're, you're communicating through her eyes. So are communicating her world through your eyes. So if Esther could share a message with the world, we're going to go big here. What would it be? Uh, I think in a nutshell, yeah, it, it's, you know, see who I am and know that I'm no different than all the other pigs who don't get a voice. Um, it, to know that we're all, they'd all be the very same if, if we just gave them a chance um, to be who they were and, and to actually, you know, live the life that, you know, they should live, not the life that we breed them for. Um, and, and to realize that they're, like Derek said, friends, not food is such a quick and easy little, little sentence. But I think that covers it really in a nutshell. You know, they're, they are, they're our friends and, you know, they want to be loved and they, they, they love being loved by us. You know, they're, they are their friends. Wake up. Yeah. I think that's what she would say. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Wake up. It's time. It's uh, yeah. time to evolve. Uh, it's time to evolve out of that. Mm -hmm. Friends, not food. And that says it pretty that says it pretty well. Every time I think of, you know, that's, that's a really great question you just asked. I don't think I was ready for that, but uh, I think that, yeah, friends, friends, not food. Yeah. Is for sure. Yeah. The, the quickest way to sum yeah. it up. Um, mm -hmm. 
Wow. Yep. Wow. Listen, I am so, I feel, I feel really honored to be able to speak with you today. Like I really do. I, I, I mean that like it's so heartfelt and I'm so grateful for the mistake that happened in your life that it's going to be changing so many others. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that you're doing what you're doing and that you're giving this beautiful little being, not so little, I guess, anymore, a voice. And also through her voice, so many others a voice. It feels so strange because it's so new and uh, it feels strange that, that to hear people say these things because we're just doing what we would have like we're just nothing is premeditated at all. It's just we're just doing what feels right. Like and to hear people say that they, you know, uh, like we, we get constant messages of people yeah. saying uh, what a you know to keep up this thing you're doing. You're doing such an amazing up. thing. We're like yeah. we're just we're just we're keeping our commitment. That's the other way we looked at it. You know, we agreed to keep Esther. We agreed to take Esther. I mean, this isn't. She didn't ask for any of this. She didn't ask to be four hundred pounds. I mean, you know, it's it's not her fault. Right. We, we have no, you know, we, in our minds, we don't have a choice. You know, we agreed to keep her. We agreed she was going to come and live with us. And, and that's the commitment we made to her. So, you know, we, we owe it to her. And the fact that we're able to maybe potentially get her this, this vehicle to actually spread her message is, you know, like I said, really just a, a happy accident. You know, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. It really is. Well, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about on this show too, um, is, is authenticity. And, you know, you, you guys were just saying, you've, you've said, well, you know, we're just doing what we're doing. Well, that's living an authentic life and people are starving for it. People are starving for authenticity. They're starving for compassion. They're starving for connection. And so you guys just doing your thing, just being you is what people want. And they just happen to be connecting to a pig as well as you two. So you guys are your beautiful souls, your beautiful souls. So thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Deb. We appreciate it. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel really inspired by the compassionate movement that Steve and Derek have accidentally created. Now, Today, we didn't hold back from chatting about the ugly reality of what many people have disconnected from in today's culture. But by now, you likely already know that holding back from revealing the truth is just not my style. Because really, in all honesty, it serves nobody. But whenever and wherever there is darkness, there is always light. And this is a very important thing to remember. So, with that said, on the flip side, Steve and Derek are honestly and very lovingly showing how the truth has set them free. And through the power of example and also through the eyes of Esther, they're also setting so many others free as well. And they're doing it in a way that invites people to figure it out themselves, simply by helping them remember through the eyes of a pig, what has been taught out of them at an early age by the the archaic cultural conditioning of a dysfunctional society. I mean, really, in our hearts, we've always known that killing is wrong. Whether it's direct killing or indirect killing through the choices that we make that either say, yes, please keep doing what you're doing so I can buy your product, or 
No, what you're doing is wrong and I refuse to support this industry anymore. The choices we make with our purchasing power are immense and can have a tremendous effect on the lives of many. Steve and Derek's lives were forever transformed from that one decision. The decision to say yes to having Esther in their lives. And that's all it took. And that's really all it takes for any of us. And that's the power of choice. And as Derek so eloquently put it, you don't need to see the whole staircase in order to take one step forward. One step forward is a choice. So is one step backwards. But I know that if you're listening to this podcast, forward is the only way to keep on going. So today's question for you is a big one. And it's one that I hope inspires a lot of deep thought. (laughs) So here we go. How has the truth set you free in your life? Now we all have moments of awakening throughout our lives. Sometimes they're massive transformational moments and other times they're smaller, just smaller epiphanies. But either way, those moments force us to change. And whenever that happens, we reveal a better, more authentic and spiritually congruent version of our purest self. And as Steve and Derek wrote in a recent Facebook post, we noticed a few of you seem to think Esther is the luckiest pig in the world. And that might be true, but we owe more to her than she'll ever owe us. She changed our lives and opened our eyes. We're the lucky ones. Her story is a special one, but let's remember that she's just like the rest of these amazing animals that stay hidden and silent. She's just like them. And they're just like her. If we'd only give them a chance. So, one more time. I'm going to throw this out to you. How has the truth set you free in your life? Now, if you feel like it, I'd be grateful if you'd head on back to the blog at devilsarca.com and share your thoughts in the comments section. Or you can send me a personal note. Or, at the very least, just ponder this one on your own. Because a paradigm shift begins with a mind shift. And that mind shift begins with you. Now, all of Esther the Wonder Pig's Facebook and contact information, along with the 10,000 likes video referenced in this interview, will be posted on the blog on the blog post that I wrote for Steve and Derek at my website at devilsarco.com. So if you head on back there, remember to join the expanding community of conscious paradigm shifters when you're at my website and sign up for free weekly email updates to fill you with even more inspiration to kickstart your life. And my request to you is to please just share this podcast with all of your friends and anyone out there that you may think of that's ready to bust free from today's crazy world. Okay, that's all I ask. And that is the end of another Unplugged podcast. May we continue to open our hearts on our evolutionary journey of awakening to the point where our heads can no longer make sense of it all. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, live with passion, live with purpose, change the world.